I'm Jimmy Alexander, and welcome to Out With Jimmy, the podcast where members of the LGBTQ community share their coming out stories with you, letting everybody know whether you're in the closet or out, you're not alone. I encourage you, I beg you, I plead with you, go to social media, follow me, Out With Jimmy, on Twitter, and on Facebook, Out With Jimmy, and it's Out With Jimmy Alexander on Instagram. Also, go to Apple Podcasts, click subscribe, and make sure, if you could, it would really help if you write a nice review and give a lot of stars. Thank you very much. Well, this week, we have Travis Nelson, and he's out with Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. My name's Travis Nelson. I live in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, and I'm a police officer. Okay, Travis, uh, let's talk about it. The first time you opened your mouth and said out loud, I'm gay, was to who? It, the first time, I think, was when I was probably about 16 years old to a very close friend of mine. So, But to the, the really set the scene, I think, is a better way to do this. So I come from rural Maryland and, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll have to excuse my Maryland accent. It's going to really shine through <laughs> as I start to dip into my, my roots here. Remember I was born in ocean city. So uh, <laughs> I understand rural yes, Maryland. Yeah. So uh, we just uh, choose not to use certain vowels. So the, uh, <laughs> so, Water. Yeah, exactly. So what, um, but so I'm from rural Maryland and I was in the only high school in the entire County. And What's unique about that is at that time, you know, not uh, disclosing my age, but it was at a time before social media and cell phones and things of that nature. So there was no one that was out as a guy in in high school, in this one public high school in the county. Um, but then there's this one one friend that I had that finally emerged. And so I confided in him and I told him. Um, but to really kind of tell the story is important to know that I wanted to be a police officer before I ever knew my sexual identity or anything about What that. age did you first want to be a cop? I can't even, I don't even, it goes back so far. What it TV seems, shows? Yeah, I know. Chips? What the, was it? The let's show not that? go back that far. Okay. So the, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm showing my age. I apologize. Right. But I will say that it was, it was one of those things. I just feel like I was born with a gun belt and a badge on. So it's just... I've always wanted to do that. I've so, seen that at the Eagle, but that's a different story altogether. <laughs> yeah, they both left leather, and some, <laughs> some probably wear it better than I do. So, um, but it's important to to know that I have been setting my entire life up to be the best police officer that I could be. So there's this image of Chips or Dragnet or all of the Andy Griffith even mm-hmm. of all these images of police officers, and none of them are gay. And so you're kind of as I'm kind of navigating through life. At no point was I ever gonna tell myself, I'm going to be open with who I am and, and how I live my life. I had truly accepted by the time that I knew that it was never going to be public, that I was going to do whatever I had to do to ensure that I did not tell anybody about this aspect of my life. I think I relate to that in such a way that you probably understand. Yes. Yes. It's And, and there was a private life and then there was a public life. Uh, and then, so fast forward a little while. So, uh, this friend, I end up, um, you know, obviously confiding in him over and over. And he was so kind because he listened to me. I listened to him at times, but he was dealing with so many additional struggles that I wasn't. Because as I'm watching him getting bullied, I'm still putting up the facade that, you know, I'm the straight guy to the point of having girlfriends and doing all of this stuff, knowing that they're never going to work out. But it was important for me to have that image and that stereotype. So, um, so exit high school and I go right into doing this line of work. I go right into becoming a 911 dispatcher. Um, and I was actually still 17 at the time, um, our local County commissioner signed a special contract so I could be a, a County employee at this age. So I had to go to specialized training. I go to this training and I end up meeting this guy that was a dispatcher in another, another County. Uh, and uh, we start passing notes. You know, you remember mm. those things before yes. text messages? Is <laughs> you write a little thing and then you pass it. Yeah. So we start passing notes. And we make it seem like it's uh, kind of a casual thing. Um, but long story short is, you know, I knew nobody else that was that was gay. So I, I developed a relationship with this guy. I How feel old like, was he, if you don't mind me asking? So he was 25 and I'm 17. But, you know, at that age, it was checking the boxes of not so much was I attracted to this guy, but... Um, he would keep my secret because he knew the, the profession. Uh, he didn't live close enough that somebody would see us, that we, I would be able to drive and do all this stuff, other stuff. Um, so I ended up developing a, a relationship with this guy. And, and I guess the first time that I almost was outed, and I guess I really was outed, 
uh, is the two of us were driving together. We were both EMTs because uh, I also was volunteering with the, with the rescue squad and the ambulance and riding that. And uh, we were going just riding through rural Maryland, and uh, we come up on a really bad car accident, a car driven into a pole. I mean, really bad. And it was just the two of us. So we stop and we start to help. And then I realize what's about to happen. I realize that all of my colleagues, because it's a small community, are about to show up and they're going to see us together and they're going to put it together in their in their head. And I decided that once the first fire truck showed up, I got in my truck and I sat there. And I still, to this day, carry a, a little bit of a burden that could I have done something to help, but it was more important for me to maintain that image than to, to help someone that needed my help at that moment. Um, and so after that, I, I think that was when my eyes started to become open that, you know, I was, it, this was not going to be an easy journey. It was not going to be an easy journey at all. It's funny, that story, Travis, I can hear in your voice, I can see in your eyes that you still remember so vividly sitting and having the inner struggle in that truck. I did. And, uh, and you know, uh, what ended up happening is people still recognize my truck because Eastern Shore, Maryland, yeah. they see it. They're like, I know that truck. So then the rumors started coming out of, uh, you know. Your worst yeah. nightmare. Your yes. worst nightmare. I understand that. Yes. So how did you deal with it? So I, I denied, deny, deny, deny. Like uh, any real man would do, exactly, you lie. I exactly. get it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it was more important to me, uh, it, actually to the point that I compromised my integrity than, um, than to have, this, than to have this, this stigma attached to me. So um, I ended up, uh, and over that, I ended up, you know, distancing myself from this guy, completely ended that relationship, ended everything. Was he out? He was. Okay. He was. He was. So we. And don't you look at him now like that was a brave son of a bitch? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that world. So, um, and, and on the Eastern Shore, both of both the person I came out with and and this uh, this dispatcher at the time. So, um, so a few years went by, and again, I started to kind of get my feet wet in the idea of maybe I can tell a small group of people a small group of close friends and that I can trust to tell them um, exactly kind of what's going on. So I took a very close friend of mine that also had a, a kind of a high public image and I wanted to tell her kind of what I was going through. Um, so I did. And uh, she said, she said, you know, I really need time to think about this. I said, okay, I understand. Uh, she called me the next day and she said, um, I'm sorry, we just can't be friends anymore. I said, it's, oh. it's just too risky. Um, we can't be friends. So I really kind of struggled again. I went back into that was stupid. Why did I why did I tell her? Why was I going down that road? And that's all you thought about, right? That's exactly. all you thought about all the time. Consumed me. What year is this? Uh so at this point we're probably talking uh and hopefully people can't do the math. Um <laughs> but early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. So um at that point, you know, Things are starting to evolve a little bit with, uh, you know, it not being totally outrageous to, to be gay. You're not in, you know, this this odd, you know, three-eyed monster mm -hmm. anymore. But at the same time, it still was not accepted. And it really wasn't accepted in our profession. I don't want to say not accepted, um, but you really kind of, um, you stood out in a bad way. Uh, and what's interesting is stereotypes. There's so many stereotypes. And I, with this... You know, if if a female that does uh, the police work is a lesbian, a lot of times it's associated that she's more tough. If a guy is gay, it's associated that he's not as tough and that potentially can't do the job the same way. And it's it's kind of an interesting phenomenon, for lack of better terms, is um, that as soon as they find this out, maybe you're not as tough. You're, you can't do this job quite as well because of that. Um, so, yeah, it, it was very interesting as I kind of evolved into this. And I started with the, the you know, with the police department um, and really through the first, I would say, 10 years of my career, totally secret in the closet. I had a, a small group of friends that knew I had a very close mentor that was also in the closet on the job that we kind of confided with each other. But I refused to be seen in public. I refused to go to any bars. Refuse to come here to D.C., I Philadelphia. I any understand. Just in case somebody saw me. Um, it God was, forbid. I know. And, it, and, it, and then I had emergency stories like stacked up. I'm sure you did too. Is All right, if they see me, this is a story I'm going to pull out really quickly to, to, to say that's what I was doing. And, and uh, that was the explanation for 
for why I was there at that time. And then, did you see Brokeback Mountain? Did yes, you see of course. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know that is like saying to any gay man, "Did you see uh, Brokeback Mountain?" <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Of course, I did. Um, most gay men have that story when they needed a fix, <clears throat> and they had a friend who was in the same situation, and you drove ridiculous amounts of time to see this person. And that happened to me. I drove five hours somewhere, and I get there, and I was, um, and, the, and this story even gets gayer here, with I was, <laughs> they met me at a park because I was running on a track. Sorry. Maybe next time. Uh, and I, and it was the same yeah. thing that happened in Brokeback Mountain. And I'm like, lose my shit. Yeah. yeah. Because I drove five hours, and I, for a reason. Tough and, ride back, too. Tell, Yes. Uh-huh. And this is before apps or anything like yes, that. You're like, yeah. And then it would have done a different <laughs> world. But that inner struggle of it's been this long since I've had contact with a guy. Oh, yeah. And you need that. You know, obviously, anybody, need, you need contact with somebody. And I am, but you, not around town, like, no. no. No, never. Never in anywhere that you could potentially be seen by someone that was in your network or potentially connected to your network. Did you do this? I often, I never felt uncomfortable around other gay people, but I would not hold gays in their eyes long. Yeah. Because you know your own, and as soon as somebody gives you a look, you know. Yeah. And I would often be looking around, hi, how are you? And it would just be quick, hi, how are you? I'm friendly, but it's like not too long of a, I didn't want to be known. Yes, and and what's funny is those out gays that would see you knew immediately though, didn't they? Yeah. So they read right through it. Yeah. Because every time I did see one and we would all act the same way, we'd look away, be like, hey, how you doing? Hope everything's well. Hey, I got to run. And uh, they'd be like, oh yeah, he's a homo. Yeah. So they got, you know, like, uh, it was, yes. it's funny because that, but that was kind of the, the, the status quo yeah. for the closeted guy is uh, d- to not be a, in the company of someone because you might be seen. And, and, and the, the funny thing about it is um, now, if I hear of anybody over the top homophobic or making comments, I'm always like, well, they're, that's the gay person because normal straight people don't give a damn. Yeah, right. And if, but we could not because we saw ourselves. I mm-hmm. think that's the other part. You see yourself. And the thing at the point of your life you did not like about yourself. Um, so there you are. Yes. Um, so fast forward, um, I guess about 10 years. And I start to tell a few more people. Uh, so I had also uh, was living with my very um, uh, Christian grandmother for about six or seven years. And I, she was kind of filling the void of a lot of like, of, of kind of a person to take care of and a person to kind of come home to in a way. It was my widowed grandmother. Uh, and then obviously she Your was, saintly widowed grandmother. Right. So, I mean, could I make my image much better, right? Yeah. So I work and slave all day saving people, and then I come home and care for my grandmother, you know? So I'm thinking in my mind, that's the perfect story. And everybody would say to you, I have the perfect woman for you. you exact, my daughter, yes. my sister, my granddaughter. My line always back to that with the listeners. My, uh, what my line back was always, what did your daughter ever do to make you so mad at her? You would want her to be stuck with me. That was my standard line back. and always got to laugh. Yep. My standard line was I'm married to the job. Yeah. Yep. So I'm married to the job. I, I, I'm too dedicated to work. I never don't have time for a, another yeah. relationship. So, um, so when I finally uh, realized she was reaching the end of her life, that was where I really felt like I was reaching a milestone age and I realized things were starting to come apart. Um, inside, I just was like, this is, you know, it was just a mess. Uh, so then I found myself running to Philadelphia, running to D.C., and getting a little taste of this life, of, of kind of what I had been craving for, for so long. Um, and then I started to finally experiment with the dating apps, right? Like, uh, you know, the actual dating apps. And, mm-hmm. uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I met my husband on Scruff. I don't yeah. judge. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, so. Then I started meeting people, and I would meet them down here in D.C., uh, which I was still living on the Eastern Shore primarily, so it was far enough away. Uh, but then I found somebody that I really, really liked. And so I'm like, uh-oh, you know, what am I going to do? Because work still doesn't know. Um, and at this point, I work in um, special operations. And special operations of the police department, that's like the SWAT team guys. Okay. The, 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 the you know, kind of the toughest of the tough, right? The ones that— go into the worst situations. And so we are 100% straight male 
in that, that Alpha. category. Yes. Um, so I'm uh, for hold on for my uh, gay friends out there, uh, Dom Daddies. Go yeah. ahead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, when we started to 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 really evolve our, re- our relationship, I'm thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to do this? Um, so the way that I, I really did a lot of personal reflection on it, and I and I enjoyed like my hobby is kind of like doing a little bit of media stuff. So I said, well, you know what if I can use this opportunity to help other people that may be in the same situation? Because I know there's other closeted gay guys out there that are cops. What if I can potentially, in my experience, help others? So that's where I decided to, to release my, the, my coming out. Now, this was also going to my parents. This was going to the all of my extended family, everyone back home. Oh, Travis. This was everyone was going to... Bam, video, this is where it is. And in my, in my mind, I was thinking, it's going to be done. I won't ever have to come out again. The video is out there. It's it's out there and it's done. And so um, I, I released it. Obviously, the first, uh, and then I, I tracked my coming out with a series of videos once a week for the first, I think, four weeks to, to help them understand, okay, so it wasn't like, okay, I'm coming out. What now? So they could see like, okay, week one, overwhelming support week two the high is wearing off i'm starting to see true true colors kind of shine through and i think i'd be remiss if i didn't say i'm still not 100 percent comfortable with who i am and i know i will be at some point but i still struggle to tell people that don't know um, especially those that i work with and i don't know at what point that might change or, and, and you have to, you know, and for everybody that, that doesn't know, which obviously they wouldn't, I don't know how, is I'm married, mm-hmm. right? So I'm a married man to another man that's- And you got, straight pass. Yeah. That's the thing. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Right. Because I get that. And my husband said to me, um, and if you're listening to podcasts and I told this story again, I'm sorry, but if you don't like it, I'll give your money back. <laughs> um, he went to a garage, a, uh, car dealership's garage to get a, something done with this car. And my husband, you know, automatically he's gay. Tall, ginger, yes, but you know he's gay. <laughs> and he said that they spoke to him like idiots because he asked about a VIN number for an engine because he had to get a new engine. And he goes, well, what's the VIN number? And they looked at him like, you know, engines don't have VIN numbers. And he's like, oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> and I'm like, do you? and he said, well, they, t-, you know, he spoke to me. Like, and this is his words, like, I'm just some fag that walked in there. And I said, well, I'm sorry. And he goes, well, I get that all the time. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, probably like the kid in high school that got bullied. Mm-hmm. You feel guilty that you didn't go through that. Right. Because there's times I feel bad about some things I remember from certain kids. I never experienced that. Right. And... Now, with what you're dealing with, with you feel uncomfortable, I notice that this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I joke about me being gay. Yeah. I will make a joke about it. Or I'll go, well, you know, I don't know much. You know, I'm just a gay guy, but I'll tell you this. Um, so everybody knows. And once I do that, they laugh. Right. And for whatever reason, it makes me feel more comfortable. And they know. And... Um, it was a couple of years ago. I might have told this also. Again, I'm sorry. Um, I was talking to a radio consultant, and he asked me uh, if I was married. And I went, oh, God, no. And he said, you're against marriage? I said, oh, no, no, no. It's just my people got the right to marriage. Not, I'd get to marry not too long ago. And he goes, oh, well, you're gay. Um, well, yeah, I don't know if this job would be right for you because it's at a family radio station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I laughed because – I worked at Mix 107.3 in Washington, D.C. I worked in uh, Star 94 in Atlanta, and I worked at a radio station, G105, in uh, Raleigh, all family radio stations. And I'm like, well, what the hell do you think we're going to – that I talk about? Leather bars and uh, twinks, which I have talked about quite often. <laughs> but there are stereotypes for reasons. But instantly you don't want you to be sure. that one – because I describe it this way. I'm Jimmy who is gay. I am not gay Jimmy. Right. And that's two different things. It's a really good point. So I actually, and this is where I still say I'm not totally comfortable with it, because until there's a point where I feel like it needs to be said, I usually don't say it. And I really should be taking that opportunity to say it more, because the the main way that we can promote change 
is I want people to be surprised. I actually do because, uh, you know, what some of my you know hard-headed special operations they don't have they have no filter, you yeah. know. So everything that comes into their brain comes out of their mouth, which is why that we keep them, you know, <laughs> armored vehicles away from everybody else. Um, and and you know, and I was talking about a weekend that I that I was having with my husband, and he goes, and you know, we got a, in a disagreement about something minor, like whether to go out to dinner or something. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, you fight like real couples." And I was thinking, uh, and and I said, you know, my goodness, can you imagine? Uh, you know, they they. I try to promote that it, there's nothing really unusual from your marriage and ours, except uh, it gets looked at a little bit more closely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mitch and Cam, Modern Family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I swear, I say this all the time. If you go to the deepest b- part of the South and you go, who's your favorite characters on Modern Family? They'll go Cam. Mm-hmm. Love Cam. Mm-hmm. And I think that show did a great job of showing they do not have gay problems they have normal couple problems. Yes, yeah. That straight couples can relate to. Right, and and the, the title is fitting, right? Modern Family. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say that, that that is where I need to do a better job. Um, you know, there is a, and a, a very, very quick story is uh, I, I stopped into to one of our divisions and I needed some help from an armor uh, with, a, with a gun issue I was having. And, um, and as we're talking, he's about to retire. And... Uh, and he starts to, to, to say, you know, normal guy talk, uh, talking about, I don't know what I'm going to do all this time with my wife. I mean, you know what I mean. And I was like, yeah, kind of. But I'm, I kept steering away from it. And, I, and in my brain, I'm thinking, well, he's about to retire. So there's no point in telling him because it's not really going to matter. But it does matter. And it really does. And you knew that was all you. That's yeah, on that's you. All me. Yeah. That, that, and I and I understand that. Yeah. Well, now, the good, the good side of this is by, by revealing this video – is I had people that, that came um, came out to me in confidence, other people yeah. that I work with in my department and other departments from around the world that were saying, um, I relate to your story. Uh, and now I have developed a, kind of a counseling type of relationship to with them on just bouncing some, some scenarios that you'll say, I was in this situation. I really don't know what to do. Uh, and uh, a very good friend of ours was actually, I hadn't talked to him in a few months and we had dinner together. And what was funny was um, I was like, I really haven't heard from you much. He goes, yeah, you know, I've really been focusing a lot on my career. And I, I've made the decision that there's this woman that really, I think, has a high interest in me. So I think I'm going to marry her. Um, and then we'll just have separate personal lives. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, buddy. oh, come on, you're killing me. So many hours later, we got him out of that idea. But it was just that is still the, the professional side is that if you want to be successful, there's going to be this glass ceiling unless yeah. you uh, unless you keep it secret. Hey, well, and that's so sad. I go back to the Harvey Milk's line about come out. When you come out, you, you realize it's not only the the uh, as he said at the time the you know the people in the parks or the uh, rest stops. It's not that stereotype is not the only representation of someone gay. It's your it's your son. It's your daughter. It's your teacher. It's your professor. It's your cop. It's your TV radio personality. Right. And, you know, I looked for a long time about coming out. I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be the token. I didn't want to be the, the punchline. Mm-hmm. And um, back to um, Jimmy who was gay, not gay Jimmy. And there's a difference, especially on the air. And um, Elvis Duran, I, um, said, I, did, I, I said, I didn't want to come out because of that. And they said, well, you know, Elvis Duran did. And when I heard, I'm like, well, hell, if Elvis can do it, I, I, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. And I want to meet him just to say thank you. You gave me the courage to um, talk about it on the air. And for me, I was c- uncomfortable about what will listeners say because mm-hmm. they were there with their kids. But I only had the opposite reaction of what I thought I was going to get. I had my son is gay, my daughter is gay, my son is trans, my daughter is trans. Thank you for showing a normal person living their life as a gay um, man. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it must be sad when I'm the example of normal. <laughs> um, but you do that for so many people in the force. Yeah, and I try to, I try to you know, kind of portray that, that, you know, you don't have to talk a certain way or do certain things. You know, like 
it doesn't mean that I'm going out to drag shows every weekend. I mean, have you been to a drag show? Well, last weekend. Okay. Jimmy, but, I mean, <laughs> but I because, don't have to if I didn't want to. Because you're kind of, <laughs> compared to you, you you make Pete Buttigieg seem queeny. I mean, I you do these videos, and tell me about the conversation with your parents. So I think my parents always kind of had an idea, right? So. There, you can only assume that you're living in secret so much and your parents. And I don't have a fantastic relationship with my parents, but I have one to where I think they realized um, what was going on. And uh, they, so who's, whose mother were you living with? Uh, so, so I was living with my father's mother. So your dad should really be appreciative and nice to you that you were taking care of his mother. <laughs> his, his mother that would not refuse to say a swear word, refused to... Uh, you know, uh, there was, I mean, she, she walked and walked and talked to talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, um, but they, there was never any conflict on it, but there were times where, um, there was prior events that happened in my career and obviously got a lot of media coverage and they weren't always the best. Um, and, uh, one of the comments my parents said to me one time is, you know, Travis, you really need to, to, to think about how this makes the family look. And uh, yeah. oh, that comment—you'll uh, never forget that yes, line. That You're comment, never gonna, um, yeah. and I, I have a very, very close relationship with my sister. We were at the all at the uh, table having breakfast. I thought she was going to come across the table, um, but I, you know, at that point, uh, you know, I was—I just have to kind of meet people where they are, and there are still people that I feel like are processing. Yeah. Um, even after two years of of releasing that video, there's still processing that I'm straight. Um, and I'm not going to, it's so easy, you know, with, uh, for example, one is a, a local diner I went to at my, at my house. I, I helped her kind of, uh, by advising her on some of the suggestions, all these things. And, um, and then when I went back to that diner, she wouldn't talk to me. She wouldn't even look at me in the eyes. She wouldn't serve me. Um, but I, you know, so obviously my friends are like, don't go back to that diner. Are you nuts? I said, no. I'm going to keep going back to the diner because I want her to see that there's nothing different. Nothing changed uh, post-video. And over time, she started talking to me. She still doesn't talk to my husband, but she at least started, talks to me now. Um, and eventually, I think we'll get there. Yes. I, I am um, supportive of that. Because uh, anytime I hear people like uh, with the wedding cakes, they go, well, go somewhere else. I'm like, no, no. Mm -hmm. No, no. You don't get to pick. You're a place of business. That's not how it works. If someone said, I'm not going to serve someone who's Jewish, you'd be outraged. Mm -hmm. Or someone who's African-American. Or somebody, uh, the other one, well, it's a religious thing. Let's say if they stopped saying, a bakery said, we're no longer going to serve divorced people. Because divorced people or someone having a second marriage. You go, well, that's horrible. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Exactly. It is ridiculous. Well, and there's one other thing. The reason I go back home is I still go back home uh, to my Catholic church. So uh, I still go to church uh, as often as I can on Sunday, and I take my husband. And uh, we sit next to each other, and what the majority of the congregation has been very supportive and actually goes out of their way to come over and say, we're so glad to see you. And peace be with you. Yes, yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, you know. Uh, and, of course, there's going to be a few that just, you know, they can't get over the absolute every word of the law, um, you know, now, mind you, let's forget about their last three wives. But, <laughs> exactly. You know, we can't get through yes, the, the last exactly. three. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. It's funny with uh, that where it's like, okay, how many sins are there? You know, <laughs> I actually said to this guy, he talked about, you know, you know being gay is a sin. I said, well, gluttony is a sin too. And my friend, how much do you weigh? And um, he's like, oh, well, that's different. No, no. Yeah. I don't, are we picking and choosing? I that think is, we are. Yeah, yeah. So two, it's two years you've been out. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Relieved. That uh, secret's not there. I, yeah, yeah. The, the relief is, is huge. Um, and, you know, again, it, it is. It, everybody says this. You're never going to be done coming out. You're, it's, it's, a, it's the rest of your life is... is well, and hopefully society will change enough that it won't be the assumption that, yeah. you know, it would be more open-minded. Um, but for now, it, it's just kind of finding that way to, to tell people a little bit better is where I need to improve. Um, but at the same time, the amount of relief that I have that I can take my husband to, to uh, you know, a work event, a, a gala. Um, and the maturity, I think, is what I underestimated of my colleagues. 
And, you know, because I always said working in a police station is like working in a frat house. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of immaturity. There's staplers flying. There's curse words. There's, you know, everything you can imagine. Uh, So I just assumed that they would deal with it in, in an immature way. And they dealt with it in a very mature way. Um, now, some of my, again, most of my colleagues, very kind of on the right, more mm. conservative, yeah. you know, maybe they're still that 80% divorce, divorce rate, but they're still <laughs> very, uh, yeah, they're yes. still very conservative yeah. in many ways, um, you know, so, but we just don't talk about it. I, they have their, their view. I have mine. We don't talk about it. We still work very well together. Um, and I think that's uh, where I underestimated the maturity of the people that I worked with. And What's I think up? a lot of us do. Well, it probably how uh, high regard they hold you. So that says a lot about you. Making the world a better place. Um, anytime somebody comes out, no matter where they are, um, that you normalize our lifestyle. And uh, maybe even lifestyle is the wrong word to use, but that this is not some um, – frivolous thing that we decided to do. Nobody would live life as a gay person or a lesbian, trans, um, if it wasn't something they've thought about and is deep inside them. And I always say, you know, you don't want me to be uh, gay. Do you want me to marry your daughter and live in a loveless marriage and be miserable? I mean, that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. for for Or they join the priesthood or they, um, you know, the to be, uh, think if it was, 30 years ago, and you were the age you are now, not married to a woman, there'd be questions, you know, they'd be like, well, mm-hmm. well, what's going on here? And that's why now, and this is terrible, that there's more priests over the age of 90 than under the age of 30. Exactly. Well, that's different. Times mm-hmm. changed. And I'm not saying every priest is gay, is gay. I'm not saying that. But there were a lot of gay priests. Mm-hmm. And um, times changed. And it's, 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 not perfect, but it's never been better than it is right now. Well, and I th- and I think, you know, in, in the inspiration that you provided just by being who you were on, you know, the radio, and, and obviously I listened, uh, you know, that's how we first met. Yeah. But uh, and then this, obviously this series, this podcast series, everything, you never realize your reach and how many people you inspire. And then uh, you end up, you know, that one person comes up and you say, you, you don't realize, you know, what you've done for me. And that is where... I think, and you can probably attest to this a little as well, probably more than I, where you feel, okay, it was all worth it. The video series was worth it. Doing this is worth it. Oh, yeah. Um, for this one person. And there's going to be negative comments, but it's so worth it. I There's been few and far between, luckily. And I think for me in Washington, D.C., when I was on uh, the Jack Diamond Show for all those years, the audience already knew me. If it would have been a new guy joining the show who was gay, I don't know it might not have worked the same way, but it was like they already knew me. So it was like it was different for them. But um, one of the first episodes, I think it was my episode that played here on Out with Jimmy. I got this email that I know I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, a guy wrote me and said, I listened to your podcast and I just want you to know I'm 62 years old. And it's made me think what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Wow. And I got choked up, and that is not like me, but it's like, oh, my God. Like, I I feel like I waited. I was 35. Oh, my God. When I was outed, it took a while, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But the sense of freedom, that that always be hiding, that is a horrible, horrible way to live. And much like you, again, I've been on the job for over 10 years. So So I had a reputation established. Um, But for the younger men that kind of come in, and and I not to, to discount, the women that have to come yeah. in or, or trans or anybody else. But the, 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 the truth is, is that in, in the world of police work over 85% are ma- is male. It still is as, as many females as we try to recruit as many, you know, minorities as we try to recruit, it's predominantly white male. And, uh, and especially in this area and for uh, someone that to, to know that they could come in and kind of maintain the stereotype and not have to tell anybody, but that I'm hopefully encouraging them to just live your life yeah. and, and be be who you are and just open up about it and never go through six months of, of an academy and have the people that essentially become your family not even know who you really are, uh, which is what I did. So, um, so I, I'm hoping that that is a big piece of inspiration um, for them, even if they never talk to me at all.
Saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about your husband. Um, forever, if you would have asked me the greatest day in my life, it would have been something career-related. Mm-hmm. And we were talking. I was talking recently with somebody about this, a Groundhog's Day. If you could live your life one day over and over and over and over, it would have been when Richie and I got married. Mm-hmm. We were with his mom, my niece. We were in Rome. And um, it was an amazing day. We went to the Vatican that morning. Took a tour. If you ever do it, <clears throat> if you ever do it, make sure you you buy the um, skip the lines ticket. It saves you three hours waiting in line, <laughs> which I would have had a breakdown waiting in line. But it was it was the greatest day, and I wish I could live that day over and over. And it's so good to not have it be a career yeah well, moment. And I think you guys you guys got married in August, 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 and yeah. So we had gotten married in July, just a month before July. And, what uh, July third? Okay, um, and it was. I want to say a spontaneous thing. So people, we announced that we were engaged. Um, and then, so people knew. And and I don't know about your, so, but, so then it was like, well, what do we do? How do we get married? We, so uh, it's funny with how public my life has been mm-hmm. since high school, really. Um, I didn't feel comfortable having the wedding mm-hmm. and inviting all these people. And then I have family in Connecticut and, fa- and friends and family in North Carolina. I was like, no, I don't want that. And by chance, we were um, my niece had planned this cruise, and um, she we said, "Hey, we, that'd be fun. Let's all go." And when I proposed to Richie, I'm, the thing was, what if we did it there, mm-hmm. and we just announced that we're married, yeah. and then when we, hey, we got married, so we don't have to deal with all the other yep. stuff. And I, I one, I was one hundred percent with you because we were doing the same thing as well. Who do we invite? How do we do this? I mean, how do we manage this? And what the truth of it was and what the point of it was is that you cared for Richie very much. You're in love. You wanted to be married. And that was the the situation with, you know, my husband and I is that we we wanted to be married. We were in love and it didn't matter who was there. So we actually uh, we told uh, our immediate families that, look, we're going to we're going to elope. I told my sister who was going to be nearby um, I said, you know, this is what's going to happen. Uh, would you mind if we did a little cookout in your backyard afterwards? Uh, and we had a, pl- a trip planned for Hawaii, I think, two weeks afterwards. So it all was working much like your cruise. Everything seemed to be coming together just perfectly. So I was like, this is a sign. This is the way it's supposed to be. So sure enough, uh, the clerk of court for the county, it was a friend of mine. I reached out to him. I said, look, this is what I want to do. I know you're friends with my family. If you say anything to them, remember who has... <laughs> yeah. so, I'm heavy artillery. Yeah. yeah yes. Uh, yeah. And, and handcuffs. But uh, that's not that's for a different, different podcast. Good for you, so buddy. That, uh, okay. yeah, so, so what's we and he did. He kept the secret. And it was uh, very just the, the clerk and us. We got married and then people started to uh, see the ring. So we made the announcement through a video um, and said we got married. Um, and it was probably so the most views came from the coming out video. The next one was, you know, that we got married. Such a relief. I'm sure you you thought so as well. You, you're going to catch crap. I mean, that's what people, happens. People had a very interesting reaction. They would express anger towards me that they couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I would never yeah. say that about somebody else's wedding. Like, oh, well, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Did you have that too? Uh, yeah. So I got it because I, I didn't tell my parents. Um, because I, I, Travis. yeah, I know. So they found that I did tell them yeah. after we yeah. did it, but, um, um, I told, you know, my sister, I said, look, just because 
of the clerk being friends and it, it, it could potentially get out. And then from that point, it's like a snowball running downhill. Um, so I, I told them and I did get a, a text message back from, from one of my parents that says, you suck. <laughs> uh, 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 but I, it, I had it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what a funny reaction. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but yeah, there was a few others that were like that. Yeah. And how so. were they with your husband? Great. They had met him. They knew him. Um, they treat yeah. him. They, they, yeah. they speak. They, that's good. Yeah. That's every, good. everything is, is pretty well. There's only a few people I would say that, that still can be standing right next to me and don't acknowledge his presence. And so I don't know how you, I mean, obviously sometimes they know you, I intentionally draw yeah. more attention to him because it it's kind of like one of those things of don't act like he's not here. This is this is happening. Yeah. This happened. Let's uh let's recognize what's going on here. So How did you two meet? Tinder. Yes. Tinder really? Yeah. Okay. 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 He well, doesn't want to say manhunt. But from anyway, no, no, I'm getting, yeah. no, no, manhunt. Like he would even yeah. know what manhunt Look, is. Look, I'm classy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I was so classy that I don't think I ever had a my face as a profile picture on Scruff. But um, um, actually, that was that's not true. So um, become an expert at reviewing torsos and trying to match. Heads. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, asking important questions like, uh, what was your favorite song growing up? Like, how old are you? Yeah. Uh, Which I never understood why people would, um, say they were so much younger than they really were because Uh. I would rather someone go look at me and go, oh, he looks good for his age. Then (laughs) what did you do to yourself? Like, why do you look like, um, but when I started talking about being gay on the air is when I just went, okay, I'll put my face on, on the dating apps and. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Um, but I am glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah, that is a good part about that. Whew. That life is uh, over. So um, and it's and it's good. And but you know it's it's still fun to talk to the guys that are still networking and meeting. And but don't you hear stories and you think to yourself, "Thank God I'm married." Oh yeah. I, I yeah. Like I had friends who I have a lot of friends who were. Um, We'll go to the Eagle and go to the circuit parties. And I had gone and I had a great time. Um, but I'm old. And uh <laughs> I would get up at four in the morning and I was like, oh my God, I was living hard at one yeah. point. It was like, um, one of them said this to me. Um it was, it was one of the, I can't think of the name of the party, but it was, it was you know, lights and the glow uh, oh crazy madness. And um, Jack's like, what do you wear to that? And I'm like, well, there's a harness thing. <laughs> and he goes, is it leather? I went, no, neoprene. Let me come on. So I um, leave at 5 in the morning. And let me tell you, the neighborhood that the Eagle is in, it, it, mm-hmm. this leather bar in D.C., if you were watching television news and it said the murder and crime happened right here, <laughs> you'd go, well, that fits. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it looks like. Yeah, you know, it's. And um, and the crazy thing about this is when I first went there, I said, this looks like where Dexter would bring somebody to for the kill room. And when you walk in, you think the murder happened in there. there. (laughs) When it's a former, apparently that is a former meat packing plant. So they would, a slaughterhouse. And how the floors go. And I was like, (laughs) so I'm on the back deck at this uh, bar. And I made the comment about Dexter. Well, then I look in the back and behind there, they have all these, um, trailer trucks that exactly is what happened to Dexter's mom on episode one. I'm like, oh my God, it is here. Um, but I love it there. I have a fun time there. So at this party, five in the morning, leaving. And this is something I'm always concerned about our community. And I bring it up and, and um, an upcoming, um, actually when this air, I've already talked to him. Um, I say to a friend, I'm like, I'm going home. He said, are you coming tonight? I'm like, tonight? It's Sunday. Are you yeah. kidding me? And he says, what? I said, I get up at four in the morning. He goes, well, just do some Coke. And I looked at him and said, what? I'm like, I don't even drink regular yeah. Coke. If they have a the Coke Zero version of cocaine, maybe. I don't think it'd have the same effect. No, but I was like, what? Like, and I am in their, in their 20s, um, and they all tended to be until Richie. But... Um, that is a, such a concern yeah. about our community. And yeah. and the number one thing is that when someone sadly, tragically dies, I will say to friends who I know will do some of that stuff, I'm like, you got to be careful. And they're like, well, I know how much to do. And I'm like, I'm sure every mm-hmm. graveyard is full of people who yeah. said, I know how much to do. 
Mm-hmm. It's just it breaks my heart. Well, and 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 I will say in addition to that, just the the whole targeted thing. So if you you remember Capital Pride this past year, there was the fear of a, of a shooting. Yeah. So we had gotten a, a house in that area uh, that we were renting, and it was right near where this this we had just left the parade. Uh, we had some friends, and then this this scares occurring. We see all these police cars going by, and I begin bringing people into the house, and and you know kind of go into shift into work mode of. You know, Buzz gone now. Work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, probably could have used some coke then. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> no, kidding, never, never. But uh, the, uh, but it, it really, it was frightening because I then, you know, the job that I was always kind of um, taking action on, I'm now kind of almost on the receiving end. I'm, I'm the, uh, the victim for yeah, lack of better yeah. terms. Uh, and, and then to find out it was a straight couple uh, getting in a fight. Is just maddening to I know, me. Like, leave it come to on, the breeders, yeah. like, come <laughs> on, please. Um, why are you? The, why? I just like. On the one hand, when I with a couple, I'm like, well, that's nice that he came along with her. Like that. When I see straight people, <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I see straight men yeah. there, I always look to their girlfriends, yeah. wives. I'm like, you got a good one here yeah. because, and you better watch out for him. Yeah, um, he's got a nice Roth IRA. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> if he's wearing Andrew Christian, he may be one of us. I just yeah. tell you that right now, well, women. That is my number one takeaway. <laughs> if your husband has two nights of underwear, question, um, and send me pictures. I'll judge. <laughs> but um, with that day. Um, and this is something I'm glad that you're uh, in law enforcement because I wanted to express um, frustration. I wished two years ago I would have gone to that big meeting that that Capital Pride had with this group about police being on hand. Mm-hmm. And it drove me out of my mind because, yes, obviously, police forces had issues. Different officers have had issues. Different forces have had issues. But um, the year before that pride where, and for those who don't know, um, a group of people, I think uh, no, no police, no pride or something, uh, mm-hmm. I think some name like that. They came and they protested the fact that there were police officers at Capitol Prime. And I understand the issues um, and not making excuses. But I do know that exactly one year before the pulse shooting in Florida happened. And so what we're saying is, okay, Capital Pride, we're not going to have any police there. So if you're crazy and you want to do some sort of large-scale um, attack, there's not going to be any cops there. And there's going to be tons of children, tons of young people. So we're setting ourselves up to be victims. And it drove me out of my mind. So it, and it's interesting you bring up – so I've I, – it my, my what I do with with the police department is extensive work with active shooter events, and I was uh, in an event um, here at Georgetown that uh, brought in the now chief of Orlando Police Department talking about the Pulse nightclub shooting, and this was before my video came out. I was I was with my husband, but we were seeing each other kind of still privately, and I'm sitting at this table of professionals, and he gives his presentation. He asks for any questions, and the woman that was sitting directly next to me, because in that event. Everyone was uh, had run to the bathroom. They were just trying to get out of the line of fire. And they were stuck in the bathroom to the point that the, the police department actually went through the bathroom to start getting people out. Uh, and so she makes the comment and she goes, well, if it, if it wasn't a gay club, would the bathroom even be that full? Assuming that there's, you know, this now activity going on. on. And I, I have to tell you that the, the chief of, so I'm sitting here and I'm uh, aside getting ready to, you know, just pull Terry Tate <laughs> knock her out of her chair. <laughs> I, you know, and everybody else in the room, you can watch them and you could see how they're posturing. Everybody's uncomfortable. Uh, and the chief of, of Orlando said, uh, you know, she goes, but if it wasn't a gay bar, she and he said in any bar, they would be doing whatever they had to do and survive to survive. And that's what happened here. But it reminded me at that point that there are still people that um, that really just think that we put this target on ourselves yeah. by living this life. And that, you know, if we didn't live this way, we wouldn't have all these uh, shooters and all this, this hate and all this crime uh, towards us. So that really, really kind of that experience stuck with me. Uh, and it's important to note that. I always welcome my colleagues. You know, it's very clear the once again more conservative. 
that I can tell when it makes them uncomfortable. And again, these are the people that we trust to protect us at events like Pride. But there's, I am yet to meet one that I really feel like if something was to occur, would stand by and not act and do the right thing um, to help us. There's always going to be bad apples anywhere and every time. They're probably part of groups that hate our lifestyle. But I'm hoping and I believe that a vast majority would do the right thing regardless of their beliefs uh, to, to make sure that everybody stayed safe. And I just wish that that was a bigger thing. Well, and there's not been a event that I've hosted, and especially um, any uh, LGBTQ um, uh, themed event, whether it's the High Hill Races or or Nova Pride or Capital Pride, that I have not gone out of my way to walk up to the officers I see, who I know some may feel uncomfortable. You know, uh, there's a lot of jock straps at a lot of these events, <laughs> and, and for that I say thank you. But um, <laughs> but I do go up and I say thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if it means anything to them or not, but it does for me because God forbid, and I still will say. Do not let us be a sitting target at these, at, especially at Capital Pride, because of the, uh, the enormity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet you never thought like me uh, when I first came out. I, th- I said, "Well, it's not like you're going to see me marching any parades." Mm. And now that I have done that, it is one of the greatest joys ever. Yeah. Going to a Pride event is a, a parade when you see the churches the floats with the churches mm-hmm. and the floats with uh, corporations. And I know some pe- it's controversial. I think it's great. It shows that they're supporting their employees mm-hmm. and the P flag families. I mean, and Trevor project. I mean, it's pretty emotional. Well, and that was, if you had told me, so uh, we not in capital pride, but in Annapolis pride, uh, my husband and I walked with other law enforcement fire. They had a whole, whole session of, uh, you know, fire police EMS. Uh, and we walked together in that parade through the state capitol, you know, in, in the area of, of which I work. And it was nerve wracking. And it was uh, but also just because the whole time, again, I, I, and, and going back to not being totally comfortable still, uh, because my colleagues, some of which did not know, were blocking streets uh, for for Annapolis Pride. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I see would see one coming up and I'm thinking, oh, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. And I, I need to get over I that. Wanted, I need to get better. You know? I want to thank you for admitting that. Because not everybody would be brave enough to do that. And it is a journey, and it is. It, it's not easy, and I'm sure if um, – I bet I'm right about this. I bet your husband has had talks with you about, like, hey, you got to get over this. Just get over And I know it's not always easy, especially, yeah. especially with what you do. But did it make you feel prideful when you would see the looks on other people's faces – and clapping when you want. Oh, absolutely. It had and, to make you feel and, great. And the kids that were there, and we were giving them stickers, and, and, you know, not only was it improving police public relations, but, you know, it was, again, reminding the, the, the communities that we serve that not everybody is a white male standard relationship that lives this perfect life, is that, you know, the, the more we try to promote this standard perfect life, yeah, the more that there's uh, deception and there's more that I think that there's hiding and then there's, you know, mistresses and, and hiding from doing the right thing. And you have integrity issues and, and, you know, cops breaking the law because they're so hell bent on making sure that they look a certain way uh, to everybody else. And so that meant a lot to me is that, you know, I can see these people, I can interact with them. I'm, I'm, I'm dressed down, you know, and uh, we can, we can just have a good, short interaction of, of positivity. Well, uh, it, and I think it's important for people to see that there are gay men in the police force. There are lesbians. There are trans. And, and I know in D.C. they have the um, LGBT, um, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, yeah, the liaison, the liaison unit. unit. Yeah. Thank you very much. And, you know, I um, see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm thankful that they're there. Um, and it's just, uh, I think about my time here in DC from 1997 to, to now. Um, and I'm gonna tell this story, which I've never told until right now. So uh, there was a time when I went to a place called the crew club. Now the crew club is what you call a men's health, uh, spa. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I like um, where this is going, Jimmy. <laughs> and I was very apprehensive about going. I didn't want to be recognized. And I went late at night because you wouldn't go there at noon. <laughs> and it was like a Saturday or something. And it was very late. And at the time, I did not drink. And what I did not realize is everybody there is going to be tipsy from um, drinking, going out you know, to bars. And so I'm there late and I go in and, and, um, how much am I going to tell this? I go ahead. So <laughs> what you wear in this is like a towel. I mean, it's it, because there's, it's a spa. It's a spa. <laughs> and all of a sudden two cops walk in mm. and I'm like, ha, ha, ha. and I'm like <laughs> heading to the door to run. Like this is a way, uh, uh, is this wrong? What's going on? And I'm young, a lot younger than, and, um, the cop puts his hand on my shoulder and says, it's okay. We're part of the liaison um, uh, task force. We're just making sure everybody's okay. And I was like, and I never went again. Yeah. <laughs> never went again. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I mean, the yeah. co- what are the cops doing yeah. here? Um, well, and, I, and, and to, to kind of echo that, you know, so even last weekend, we were here in D.C. Uh, we had, had a wonderful brunch, and we went to one of the gay bars for a little while. And a, a fight broke out on the second floor, and, you know, security calls the police. And, of course, that's my uh, cue to exit, you know. As, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, so, uh, looks like um, I'm going to pay my tab yeah, now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Check! Uh, <laughs> so, we go, and we go to leave, and I see the very fast response from um, D.C. police. And I see them, right, and we just, I say, they're upstairs, you know. Before, as soon as I saw the cop, I would have been running down the street because I can't be seen coming out of this place. Aren't you glad that yeah. your life is where it is right now? I know. And uh, and it, how much of your husband, how much happiness in your life is because of your husband? I and the so strength to, and yeah, strength to I, be who live this life. And, and he, and I'm sure Richie does the same for you. They come when you come home. They see the worst of us, uh, the, the 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 stress of going through her every day. And somehow put us back together and send us out the door the next day. And I think that is what, um, you know, is I, I can't imagine living without now. Is being able to to kind of, before I was coming home to, I didn't even have a plant. Nothing. And, Same. Uh, yeah. And I would just, you know, be focused still on work. I never got that 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 kind of support, that relief. But they deal with all of our mood swings, all of our crazy years. Well, no, that, of- that's my husband. My husband's a nurse, and he's the crazy one. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the balanced, uh, pretty much in the same mood all the time. But um, he's the one doing really hard work as a, at, the, uh, at the hospital. Um, let's go back, and I normally end each – oh, if people want to see your videos, how do they do that? Sure. So if you, um, if you, the YouTube channel is just my name, Travis Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it kind of grew into, I did a couple weekly series videos about just normal social issues. Uh, but yeah, just search Travis Nelson on YouTube. Um, hopefully out with Jimmy comes up as well. Well, yes. yeah. <laughs> well, while we're there. Well, okay. So let's go to the question. I normally, I end it. If you could go back and talk to that kid who was scared sitting in the police guy in his truck while the, uh, EMTs and fire department arrived, what would you tell him? Relax and do the right thing. Um, I have a poster that's in my office now that I stare at. And it's uh, it's one of those, you know, kind of cheesy character-based posters. But um, there's times where I just stare at it. And it's uh, it says integrity. Um, you know, when times when true character is tested, never be ashamed of doing what's right. And if I had looked at that and really accepted that back then, I would have never sat in that truck. I would have been out there helping as much as I could to try to save a life or to try to do the right thing. And so many times after that, instead of trying to run away or trying to make sure I was out of certain situations or the people in high school and all these different times where, uh, you know, my entire life, I've always just really wanted to help people. And I know it sounds cheesy, but from being on the ambulance to being a police officer, I truly just have this overwhelming desire to just help people when they were in their absolute worst times. And I wasn't even helping myself. Um, but now I feel like I'm more comfortable with myself. I can help so many other people. Um, and hopefully this this podcast will help Absolutely. them. And, uh, and I commend you for everything that you've done. And I've done the easy and, thing. Yeah. Mine is the, yeah. I'm doing the easy part. You're doing real stuff. 
Um, Travis, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for your service, which I'm sure you hear all the time. I appreciate that. But um, it really means a lot, and I know you're helping people in so many different ways. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Out with Jimmy, and I appreciate it. Remember, go to uh, Apple Podcasts, click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Also, thank you to Julia Ziegler and WTOP for allowing us to record in these beautiful studios. And remember, you'll never know when the last time you'll be able to tell someone you love them. So go ahead and do it. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.